He does love us. Amen. Amen. We're going to uh, get into God's Word tonight in Deuteronomy 28. So if you want to go ahead and get there, but uh, before we get into the uh, message, um, I just want to take a, a, a quick minute to uh, simply say thank you to uh, so many of you in this room tonight uh, on our campus, uh, in the volunteers, in how you serve uh, with just a, a, a servant's heart. Uh, this past, uh, actually Monday, Tuesday, and today we uh, concluded our district council, and it was one of those events that uh, uh, happens every year for the, the Penn Florida District of the Assemblies of God. Uh, where hundreds, uh, probably a thousand, maybe twelve hundred people come onto a campus. We're the host site. We were the host site this year. It's one of those moments where you just kind of rally, uh, rally the team, and uh, send out emails, phone calls, and say, "All hands on deck. Uh, we need everyone." Uh, and you guys um, stepped to the plate and did a marvelous job. Thank you so much uh, for serving. On the campus of Victory Church, we heard from pastor after pastor, missionary after missionary. Uh, Victory Church, you guys do things well. You have an exceptional team. Can you help me in the house tonight? Let's give it up for everyone that was a part of it. Team, staff, everybody. I know that you'll hear more of it. Thank you for uh, just shining. You guys serve uh, with excellence. Um, Deuteronomy uh, 28. Um, the title of the message is uh, Bookends. Uh, and I, I'll just go ahead and get into the uh, passage. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, I will give you today. The Lord your God will set you high above the nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Father, we thank you for uh, God just giving an, an incredible counsel. Lord, we're pastors, we're in this room, pastors, wives, staff members, missionaries, God, and you've re-energized them and you've sent them back out into our state to do kingdom work. God, that same presence that was here on Monday and Tuesday and, and this, this morning is here tonight. I pray, God, that you will re-energize us to, to finish out this week, finish it strong for the kingdom, God. I pray now, God, that you'll speak to us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, this morning was the ordination service, and uh, of course, uh, my mother uh, was ordained as a minister, and so we are very proud of her, and, uh, and yeah, let's go ahead. She's, uh, of course, not with us, uh, with us this evening, but she'll be here. I know that many of you were aware of that, but just simply kind of uh, reach out to her and uh, congratulate her on that accomplishment and God's calling on her uh, life as well. Not just my father's, but it's been a family calling. And so we're proud of her. And uh, man, but good things are happening. Good things are in store. We're going to continue to move forward. Uh, several years ago, many years ago, probably uh, the older I get, you know, you, while I used to be able to say, man, just five years ago, 10 years ago, uh, but now I'm finding as I kind of draw on past experiences in my own life, uh, Todd, I'm getting to the point where I go 25 years ago, 30 years ago. I don't know what's up with that. I guess I'm just, I'm just getting older. And so that's how many of you can kind of relate with me? Raise your hand. You know, you're just now you're starting to stretch it out. 25, 30 years ago, uh, Sherry and I, my uh, older uh, sibling, we were on our way back from Fort Myers. And my cousin uh, was married, and uh, it was a great uh, celebration. 
Uh, I mean, they just pulled out all of the stops. It was a, a full-on beautiful wedding. I remember the uh, sit-down um, uh, dinner and all that goes with it. I mean, we, we didn't cut out early. We just stayed till the very end and uh, then had to make that drive uh, from Fort Myers uh, back to Lakeland uh, and came up through just the uh, uh, bustling and hustling uh, city of Arcadia. How many of you know what I'm talking about, Arcadia? Uh, 25, 30 years ago, there's nothing bustling about Arcadia. I don't know that it's changed. I haven't been there in years, but man, we came up through Arcadia. But man, as we're leaving Fort Myers, uh, man, just the spirit of sleep came all over me. And uh, Sherry is looking at me and she's like, are you okay? We're, we're probably in our late teens at that time. And, uh, and so and I, I'm, I'm the macho guy, you know, I'm, man, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, I got this. And uh, we haven't even left uh, Fort Myers and I'm doing the whole air conditioning high, windows down, uh, get the uh, music playing, pumping, and just and knowing I've got two, two and a half hours to go. And man, we're just kind of tracking through. It's, it's just, it, that's the ride. Going from your left to your right and passing through Arcadia, passing through, I believe, Wachula and so on and so forth. And we finally make it into Bartow and we're coming into Highland City. And, and now I'm, I'm within a, a, a quarter of a mile from the entrance of our neighborhood. And there's just this uh, sense of, okay, we have arrived and how many of you know that, I, I guess the study is that most accidents happen within a, a mile from where you live. And so this, this happens, man, we're driving and I've been able to fight the sleep all the way back and forth and uh, keeping it between the lines, if you will. And then all of a sudden, man, I just, I, I didn't even know that I went to sleep, but I just drifted and then all of a sudden was just startled as the tires just smacking the, uh, the asphalt and, and the potholes and everything. And of course, I, I come back just in time, man, just in time. And I mean, I have, have that new energy now. I'm like wide awake at that point and no sleep whatsoever. And we, we do make it home safely, no accident. But man, we were right right there. And how many of you are grateful for people that are able to keep it between the lines when you're driving? Just keep it between the lines, right? Stay on your side. And, and um, I, I know that the white lines serve for that purpose. And, and bookends, you guys, you have your own office at home or your office uh, wherever you go and your place of employment. And uh, we have our books there and we may have bookends, one on one end, maybe one on the other, or you're using the shelf as a bookend. But you have the bookends and they serve a purpose of keeping everything straight, the books straight. Uh, it, it, it's there for a purpose to keep the, the bottom of the book from, from kicking out. And that's the purpose of a, a bookend. Some are decorative, some are just plain metal, but that's the purpose of a bookend. Uh, for all of you football fans, when you hear bookends, uh, you may automatically think of uh, defensive players, defensive linemen, especially defensive ends. Uh, if you're playing a 4-3 front in football, some of you know what I'm talking about, and some of you are like, man, I have no idea what you're talking about in football, but a 4-3 means you have four guys that are lined up across the front getting ready to take on the offense. The two guys that are on the end, the right side and the left side, are referred to as defensive ends. And if they are dominating in the game and dominating in their career, 
they're referred to as the book ends, and, and their job is that once that ball is snapped, to, to penetrate that line, come up two, three, four steps, and turn, and to be there to receive any offensive player that may be coming their way, to push everybody back into the middle to where that defensive tackle or that linebacker can come up and make the play. That's a bookend in football. How many of you guys in the room are grateful that football is just like two months away? It's coming back, baby. Come on. I see those hands. Yeah, some guys are clapping. In our passage tonight, I believe that our passage can represent a bookend for everyone in the room. You guys, I, I believe you had it up on the screen. I don't know if you can throw it back up on the screen. Again, right now for me, Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. If not, I can tell you that in your Bible, it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God, and then you, have, you, you get into the rest of it, and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations on earth. All the blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. When you're looking at passage of Scripture, there are words that carry weight, that carry meaning. There are themes that are found within that passage. And Moses is writing to the children of Israel, the nation of Israel. And in this opening sentence, opening verses of chapter 28, he refers to that if you obey if you fully obey the Lord your God, and then he wraps up before he moves on, he says, if you obey the Lord your God, those are considered bookends in that passage of Scripture. The passage begins with if you obey, and it ends with if you obey. The blessings in the passage are a part of the covenant between God and Israel. God agrees to bless the nation of Israel with success and prosperity. As a nation, Israel had a choice. Follow the commands given by God and enjoy a rich life. Enjoy position. Enjoy power. Enjoy prosperity. He's saying, but it begins with obeying your God. It starts with obedience to God. God's promises were the reward for those who made a choice to obey him. Although this passage, if you study it, is speaking to the nation of Israel as a whole individually, I believe that we can embrace this passage tonight and take ownership of living an obedient life. Individually and as a church body, we can collectively work together to build the kingdom by embracing the commands given by the Father. I believe that we're experiencing great favor on the campus of Victory Church through the, the, the ministry of the Dream Center, through Pastor Teresa and Sidewalk Sunday School, and we see various ministries that are having success. That is not happening just because it's happening. It's happening because we are collectively coming together as a group of individuals, and we are embracing the commands given to us by God, and his favor is upon us 
us. His favor is upon us in this community. His favor is upon us as we continue to reach the ends of this earth and pour millions and millions of dollars into world missions and local missions, all for one reason, to see the kingdom of God go further. It all begins with if, choices, choices that we make. It all begins with the word if. The word if signifies to us that there is an action, that there's a command that needs to take place. Tim, if, if you clean your room, Tim, if you will do your chores, uh, if, if you will follow through, this is the result. This is what will happen. The word if is significant there. I've got to tell you, when we talk, talk about choices, Publix, uh, whether you're a Publix fan, whether you shop at Aldi, whether you shop at Winn-Dixie, whether you shop at uh, Walmart, wherever you do your grocery shopping, on, on almost any grocery store that you walk into, there's 60, um, probably around 60,000 items to choose from when you walk into a grocery store. How many of you have ever experienced an audit that's taking place where you walk down the aisle and there's yellow stickers on every little shelf, every little item that's being recorded? They're taking an inventory, 60,000 items. When you walk into the bread section, you can look and say, okay, do I want thick sliced bread? Do I want thin sliced bread? Would I want whole wheat bread? Do I want white bread? Do I want bread that has sesame seeds on it? Do I want gluten-free bread? And it goes on and on and on. When you stand before the ketchup bottles, you look and say, okay, do I want Heinz ketchup? Would I like to purchase Hunt's ketchup? Do I prefer Publix brand ketchup? Do I want the 32-ounce bottle of ketchup or the 16-ounce bottle of ketchup? Do I like sugar in my ketchup? It goes on and on and on. 60,000 items. We're faced with choices every day. Some are significant. Some carry very little significance. Some of us woke up this morning and we decided to put on a yellow shirt. Some of you decided to put on a black shirt. But we make choices throughout the day. When we purchase a car, we go into a car lot and we say, okay, will I buy a used car? Will I buy a new car? Will I buy a car that is foreign or will I buy a car that is domestic? You go on and on and on and you say, will I marry this person or will I not marry this person? Will she have blonde hair? Will she have brown hair? Will she have black hair? I married the best looking thing in Plant City. Her name's Kelly. She is a strawberry girl and she has dark hair. Amen. She is fine. So fine. Mm. But choices, some choices carry a little more weight than others. Families that may be in a hospital room, standing by the bedside of a loved one, and making the decision as to whether life support will continue or end. What a heavy, heavy weighty to carry a choice, a decision to make. The greatest choice or decision in anyone's life is when they make the decision to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. When we make the choice to follow Jesus, we are making a decision that carries eternal value. Moses is challenging the children of Israel, choose this day to obey the Father and carefully follow all his commands I give you today. Grant, our son, 
I think the world of him. I, I, as a father, I love to see the development in my son's life. My daughters, I love my daughters uh, equally. Uh, but my son, man, uh, made the choice uh, uh, two years ago to join um, the Marines. Uh, that was a, uh, uh, a process that we walked together as a, as a family, walked through, and uh, really uh, came down to uh, his decision, his choice. Uh, at that time, um, Steve, I believe he was 20 uh, years of age right there, maybe had just turned 20. And uh, we really began to dawn on me that, uh, that he, he was at an age now that he's, he's kind of calling the shots in his own life, especially when he comes home and he says, Dad, I went to the recruiter's office today, and I said, you didn't sign anything, did you? He said, no, I didn't sign anything. I want you guys to be involved. I want you guys to walk with me. And Kelly, guy, Kelly and I got behind him as parents, and that was a choice uh, that Grant made. And I'll, I'll never forget um, something that I remember um, right now often and having that conversation with him and said, son, do you understand, uh, man, just the weight of the decision uh, that you're making? And uh, do you know what this means? And um, I'll never forget, he looks and he says, Dad, I, I understand. I said, do you, do you really understand? I need to know, do you understand that ultimately you're signing a piece of paper that says that at all costs you will defend the freedoms and liberties of our country and that may cost you your life so that we can live. Do you understand that? Dad, I understand that. It's been uh, a good two years. We've, we've seen our son develop and he's continuing to develop. Uh, favor is, uh, is on his uh, life, his career path. He's put his head down, and I mean, it's just blowing and going. And we hear all the, the great reports and uh, uh, received one meritorious uh, promotion, is now up for another meritorious promotion. He's a corporal uh, in the Marines. And I uh, said, Grant, how is it, you know, in such a short period of time, how are you, are you having all of this success? I want to know. I, I want to hear from you. And uh, he's currently deployed right now. He's not stateside. And so we're emailing back and forth. And he says, Dad, I've always had high physical fitness tests and uh, compact fit fitness test scores. Uh, according, and I'm just reading his email to you, according uh, to my uh, gunny sergeant and captain, uh, I've been number one in everything I've done and never left the number one spot to someone else to take. Excuse me. I got certified as a combat marksmanship coach, then a week later went to advanced course and graduated certified as a combat marksmanship trainer, which at the time was three grades higher billet. So as a lance corporal, I was doing a staff sergeant billet, which consisted of running and preparing ranges for platoons, qualifying over 120 Marines for pistol and rifle marksmanship in a two-year span. Just overall, separation from other Marines on the same level. I did that by having the mindset that even though I was on the same pay grade, I was going to act and hold the responsibilities and duties of two grades higher. I went to corporal's course and graduated as gung-ho, 
recently completed my PFT with a perfect score of 300. That was done out of straight motivation when a sergeant in corporal's course jokingly said I wouldn't be able to beat another Marine's runtime. So my goal was to prove him wrong in three weeks when I ran another and final PFD, PFT. I went from 19 minutes and 54 seconds, three mile, to 17 minutes and 22 seconds in the three mile over three weeks. He's blowing and going and running strong. I think he gets that from his mom. So hats off to her. How far are we willing to go in order to fully obey the commands given to us by our God? When Grant signed the paper and said that I will become a Marine, I will serve this country, he was all in has given everything that he has within him, and he'll be home with us in just a matter of a few weeks. And we're going to celebrate. He's going to be on this campus, and we'll stand here and rejoice with him and honor God. But how are we willing to go? Are we willing to go to the furthest extent of obeying God? Are we completely and entirely obeying the commands of God? Moses is asking the children of God to go to the furthest extent Saying, listen, here are the bookends. Here's what you live your life by. You, you say that I will obey God and I will carefully follow the commands. And then he wraps it up in, if you obey God. The question for everyone in, in the room tonight is, are we willing to go to the furthest extent? Are we willing to li- just, just be all in and say, God, I will serve you. I will obey you and follow you. Obey God and leave the consequences to him, number two. During the early 1920s, a British athlete burst onto the scene, capturing the attention of a nation. Eric Little grew up as a missionary's child, and as a child he discovered the rare gift of running. He began to win race after race as a teenager, ultimately as a young man, then he qualified to become an Olympic athlete. His sport was sprinting. Because of his success, he captured the attention of a nation. Opportunities began to come in for him to speak publicly, began to pour in because of his inability to say no. How many of you know someone that just does not know how to say no? They say yes. And so he, he figured it out and said, I'm going to say yes. Apparently, this is what God is asking me to do. Even though he was terrified of public speaking, he was never seen, never classified as a great orator, but just simply God had given him this opportunity. So he said, they're calling, so I'm going to go and speak. It was an awkward moment for him every time that he would approach the platform, the podium, to be able to address groups of 50 and 80 But he believed that God was working through him, and God was working through him because of the talents and the gifts that he had. He finally received an invitation to speak to a, a very large group of individuals. The word was that there would probably be thousands of people in the auditorium. And before he left for that event, he received a letter from his sister. His sister, of course, did all the nice things of encouraging him and telling him to continue to go forward, knowing the Olympics were right around the corner. But in her letter, she quoted Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When Eric read that passage, he knew that God was absolutely using him. And he nailed it down for once and for all and said that I walk not in my strength alone, but I walk with the strength of God Almighty. I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear at all. When we choose to follow God in this life, when we make the decision to live within the bookends of saying, yes, I will be obedient, we can walk with great courage and know that our God is with us and that our strength from, comes from God Almighty. When we fully obey God and carefully follow His commands, we are promised success Moses tells the Israelites that the hand of God will set you high above all the nations. He's communicating, saying, listen, if you obey me, I will give you prosperity. I will give you success. Nations will bow down to you. Whenever you enter into war, conflict, you will have favor because of your obedience to me. Tonight, we can hold on to that passage and say that when we enter into our community, to know that God's hand is the one that is lifting us up. All we have to do is be concerned with obeying him and leave all the consequences, all the rewards in the hands of God. We don't have to coerce. We don't have to manipulate situations. It is God who gives us favor. Tonight, if you make the choice to obey God, he will elevate you. His word is the truth. Make the choice to carefully follow the commands of God, and his hand will place you in favorable positions. Leading up to the 1924 Olympics, Eric received word that the 100-meter race would be held on a Sunday. The, the unfortunate part is the race that he was running was his uh, favorite race. He was, he, he was the uh, one that was looked to to say, man, I'll deliver the first gold medal to our nation in the 100-meter race. He was the hands-on favorite. The problem is, is that the race was scheduled on a Sunday. And if you know Eric's story, you know that he backed away from the race because of his commitment to honor the Sabbath. He said, God has given me a command to rest on the Sabbath. I will not race. I will not work. That is the command that I've received from God. And I, if it means that I will not receive a gold medal... I will not receive accolades. I will not receive the praise. Uh, my nation will go without, but there is a higher power in my life. And God has commanded me to honor the Sabbath. Word quickly spread that Eric would not run the race, even to the extent that the British Olympic Committee petitioned the Olympic Council for the race to be moved, and they, they were unsuccessful. And so that day came, and that day went, and Eric Little was not on the track. He was honoring God. He was being obedient to the Spirit's leading. He made a decision to say, I will obey the Father and leave all the consequences, all the rewards in His hands. No more public invitations I've made a decision to obey God. Charles Stanley 
in his book, Courageous Faith, speaks of this point. Obey God and leave all the consequences to Him. This was a a principle that he learned from his grandfather. His grandfather said, Charles, if, if God tells you to run and put your head through a brick wall, you head for that wall, and when you get there, God will make a, a hole for it. And that's the principle that Charles Stanley adopted from his grandfather and says that if, if God is calling me, I'm going to be obedient, and then I will just step out in faith, and I will believe that if God is calling me, that whatever circumstances before me, God is with me, God is for me, his strength will lift me up. Obey God and leave the consequences to him. When we choose to obey God, We refuse to compromise our commitment, even if it means that we lose fame, if we lose wealth, if we lose friends, if we lose position, power, prestige. We have to be committed to living within the bookends that Moses is communicating in this passage. If you obey God fully, then the successes and the favors will take place, but we must be willing to live with no compromise We must obey God and leave the consequences to him. Moses states, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations on earth. The essence of what Moses commanded is to obey God and leave the consequences or rewards in God's hands. As Grant and I finished uh, our email back and forth, uh, I had a chance. It's it's very short communication. Uh, occasionally, we we're able to FaceTime, but this was just a an email back and forth. And and I wanted to conclude just our communication with, son. I I hope you understand and that you see. Uh, that God's hand is on your life, that God's favor is resting upon you. Continue, continue to do your part, continue to work hard, but I'm telling you that God's favor is on your, your life. And I referred back to just a portion of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, and it says that those who honor me, I will honor and he responded back and he said, Dad, it's LOL. I can't believe that, that, that you're telling me to read this passage. I'm, this past week I have been reading all through First Samuel. And so to hear that from you, it's encouraging. Yes, I will continue to honor God. I know that there are great things that are happening in my life. There are successes that are taking place. But let's not forget that it's God that elevates us. It's his right hand that reaches down and puts us into place of position and power. It's God Almighty. We do what we can do with our our giftings and our talents. But then we look and, and we humbly bow before the gift giver, the one that says you are equipped to do great things things. It's the hand of God. I will honor him who honors me. The book ends in our life should always be to obey the Lord. Choose to fully obey and carefully follow the commands and leave the consequences to God. So as Pastor Dave and uh, the team, you guys make your way back, Kevin, um, man, we're going to open the altars up tonight. And I, I don't know um, where, where you're at in your walk, your faith tonight with God. I, 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 there may be someone in here that's just 
kind of going back and forth, and you, you have not even nailed that down yet to serve God. But I can tell you that the Spirit is here, and the Spirit is doing what I cannot do, and that's to bring conviction. And you've heard my father that conviction is nothing more than the love of God that has identified an area in your life that he desires to fix. I can tell you the most important decision that you can make is to follow God and then to live with great passion, live with great obedience. Have I nailed that down? I haven't nailed that down. I'm a work in progress. I don't know about you. But it's just obedience. There are moments in my own life that I just believe that I can, I can do it better. I can do it quicker. And I begin to manipulate and coerce. And, and how many of you know it doesn't take long that it just kind of seems to come up and just nip you right on the rear end? You know what I'm saying? You quickly remind it, man, it's God. Man, go back to the basics and start with just being obedient to the Father. Let Him worry about all the other stuff, all the other positions and the power and the prosperity and everything else. All you do is simply obey the Father. And say, God, I'm not going to get caught up in the rest of it. God, if you tell me to run to that wall, put my head through that brick wall, I'm going to believe that whenever I get there, you're going to make a way. Just as you did, man, for your children when they got to the edge of that sea and that sea opened up and they walked right on through. That's the God that we serve today. He's still parting those seas today. He's still bringing miracles into the lives of his people. Amen. That's the God that we serve. So if you will, stand with me tonight. And let's pray that God will give us an obedient spirit. If you need to come forward as we continue to worship, we're early tonight. It's only 7.35. We still have a good five or ten minutes to just come and be in the presence of God and say, God, thank you for the reminder. The reminder of being an obedient follower of Christ. The importance of that. The weight that comes with making that decision. The freedom that comes with making that decision. So Pastor Dave, lead us in, in worship. If you feel like that you need prayer to come into an agreement with our prayer team, just go ahead and move out tonight. We're going to spend five or ten minutes here worshiping God.
Your presence, Lord. Sing it through one more time tonight. Holy Spirit, lift your voice. 